Bolton Dock couldn't get a clean shot off. Loose puck picked up by Lucas Reichel, who rips it past Jordan Bennington. And the Hawks get one back, back, back. From the downtown studios of WGN Radio. Lucas Reichel's first point of the preseason, and it looked good. Time to talk hockey. Time to talk Hawks. Last year, it was tough sledding. A lot of new staff, a lot of new players. It's not that we weren't ready. I just don't think we were executing and firing all cylinders. Where this year, I think we're ready. It's time for Blackhawks Live. Here's Joe Brand. Let's go. The 2023-2024 season kicks off tomorrow night. The Blackhawks in Pittsburgh to start this new era. Connor Bedard, Lucas Reichel, Taylor Hall, Nick Foligno, Seth Jones. The new look of the Chicago Blackhawks on the national stage for you tomorrow, but also and always here on 720 WGN Radio. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live. Our producer is Jack Heinrich, and we kick off this year in very high spirits. The end of last season, I, I told everyone during the offseason, I spent all of last year, the post-game shows, Blackhawks Live, different various hits, talking about the possibility of the Blackhawks landing the first overall pick. And now the preseason is over. We head into the regular season, and Connor Bedard is on the center stage with Sidney Crosby. Will it be a Stanley Cup run this year? No. I'm here to tell you that first and foremost. That's not going to happen. But I am jacked for this year. I am very excited to see what Connor Bedard can do on a consistent NHL stage. I'm really excited to see what Lucas Reichel is going to do. He's actually going to be our guest tonight. We'll hear from him after the 7.30 news. Lucas Reichel has looked great during the preseason. And a big thanks to Ernie Scatton for that open as Reichel picked up just his first point of the preseason Saturday night in St. Louis. But he has looked very good despite that being his only point. And he's actually looked like one of the best guys out on the ice. So has Connor Bedard in certain circumstances. But those are the two biggest pieces of the future as of right now. For the Chicago Blackhawks. And so far, those two have looked the best. Please join us, 312-981-7200. Give us a call. Give us a text. You can tweet at us. I'm at Joe underscore brand one. We've got 82 games right here on 720 WGN. Every single game you can find right here on your radio dial, on the Blackhawks app, on the WGN radio app. And we hope that you tune in as early and as often as you possibly can. Jack Heinrich back behind the studio glass, his second year producing Blackhawks Live. What's going on, Jack? What are you most excited about this year? Um, Probably what you're saying, the young guys, but other young guys like Y. Kaiser and Kevin Korchinski are breaking camp um, for opening night. And year two of Luke Richardson, this team was relatively competitive after a rebuilding year last year, and now Luke Richardson's got some more talent on the team and I think it'll be more competitive I mean not saying they're going to the playoffs or anything but I think it's going to be a fun year of hockey with all these young guys developing one question I've wanted to ask Luke Richardson but I I know I'm just going to get an answer of well this is what I always do but but last year yes it was his first year as an NHL head coach but it, it was such a unique situation he got a roster that really wasn't built to win no and he still brought those guys out and made them competitive almost every night. 
But now this year, you you actually get some pieces. You actually get to play the role of NHL coach, which he did back when he was the Montreal Canadiens active or uh, interim head coach, I should say, during the Stanley Cup final, nonetheless, during the COVID year. But this year, and especially next year, I think it's really interesting and exciting to see what he's capable of with a better roster. Again, we were getting texts last year from people saying, Luke Richardson has got this team too motivated to play. (laughs) That's what fans were complaining about last year. It's a good problem to have. So what's it going to look like when he has a roster that can actually compete? Yeah, that's that's what we're hoping for. And it's a new, I mean, it's a new era. Like you said, this is a roster last year, first year of a rebuild. They tore it down. You had to say goodbye to Kane and Taves. So kind of a lot of emotions. And this year you got a lot of young guys, so you can start to see the pieces build going into the future. I'm glad you brought up Taves and Kane. I'm glad you brought up Kevin Korczynski and Wyatt Kaiser. Those are two guys that did crack the roster for opening night tomorrow against Pittsburgh. Cole Gutman, another guy who played up and down with Rockford and the Blackhawks last season. He actually dealt with some off-season surgery and has clearly come out firing. Isaac Phillips, one of the guys that did not make the roster. Luke Richardson said he wants to see a little bit more puck handling improvement coming from him down at the AHL level. We're going to see Isaac Phillips again. I I can almost guarantee you that. Wyatt Kaiser is a guy that totally played himself into this role this year. He, he got, I think, nine games under his belt last season. He was the captain of the prospect game against Minnesota earlier this year before the preseason. But a guy that has just got it, who has really put himself forward and got himself into the battles, into the corner, trying to get the puck, just just the little things, has, has done it right. Kevin Korchinski, who... A lot of people are in awe about his offensive game as a defenseman. It's going to be interesting to see how long he stays here up at the NHL level. When the preseason started, a lot of people were already very high on him, me included. As the preseason progressed, you started to see a little bit more growing pains from a young kid, granted. This is a huge step for him, earning NHL honors to begin the year. But it will be interesting to see how long he stays up at the NHL level. And of course, we're going to be talking a lot about Connor Bedard this year. It's it's almost to the point, it is to the point, where anytime I talk about him, tweet about him, write about him, podcast about him, you think, you, you, I kind of second-guess myself, is it too much? Is, is, it, is it being beat to death a little bit? I mean, you see how people are already frustrated about the whole Travis Kelsey-Taylor Swift saga. <laughs> Like, there are football fans not even tuned in because there's too much Taylor Swift talk. But the matter of fact is, it's drawing in everybody. And you can still like football and not like Taylor Swift and still enjoy football when Taylor Swift gets involved. Because all it's doing is growing the game. And when we talk about Connor Bedard not being a nap guy before the game, that's trying to resonate with non-hockey fans. That's trying to bring in the community that's not interested in hockey for the most part and give them a reason to pay attention. Well, okay, the main reason to pay attention is how good he is out on the exactly. ice. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's totally different when you're there in, in first person, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. You can just, I mean, sitting up in our booth at uh, at the UC, you can see, like, especially on the power play, his vision and he he kind of catches guys off guard in the early it's early in camp and early in the season but 
they're not used to playing with each other, but he's caught guys off guard with some of the passes he's made. So it's not just the goals, it's everything about him. It's definitely the passing that has impressed me the most. And it's the decision-making of when to shoot and when to pass. And I think that decision-making is what gives him the respect from all the older guys in the league. I mean, because it's gotten to the point where I've asked a few of the other players, how are you dealing with Bedard mania? And they start with a smirk and a little laugh, and they say, well, you know, the kid deserves it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not all one-sided. And, and I do think this is just a, a hockey thing, too. Hockey is such a team sport. You've got to be a team player to really excel and, and to, to win the hearts of all your teammates. But especially in hockey. And this kid is just so good at finding his teammates where it's not always, i got to shoot the puck to score here. It's, what is the best way to score? Is it me or is it that guy? I mean, you look at his first preseason game, he set up Athanasiu for that game-winning goal. Yep. And, I mean, that's just a sick pass. He led him right to it and... The speed of double A got it done, and I mean, he he led the team in points. He only had one empty net goal that he wasn't really happy that he got. So that some, just shows you how competitive he is. Some of my funnest, or the thing I enjoy most about watching practice now is the power play work, because Bedard's in his element. He's comfortable. Not not that he's not comfortable out on the ice in the preseason games, but you can tell he's just he's working on things. He's he's in his element. There's really no stress. There's no reason to really worry about anything. And the passes he makes to his teammates when practicing the power play. Again, it's practice. It's your team against your team. So the stakes aren't as high. The competition isn't as tough. But it is really cool to marvel at what he's able to do. And eventually that is going to translate in an NHL game. And there's a lot of predictions about how many points, how many goals he's going to score this season. Will it be 30? Will it be 35? He's going to get a lot of time on the power play. And I almost think that that's going to be the determining factor of whether he hits the over of 35 or not, is how successful he is on the power play. And so far, it's been pretty impressive. I do want to talk about Taves and Kane, because this is the first time since 2007 the Blackhawks are beginning training camp without either of those guys on. This is the first time since that year that they don't have a captain as well. But there is a different vibe in the dressing room now. There's a different leadership core. We're going to talk about that. And with Taves and Kane gone, in some ways, it does benefit these younger players. And we'll tell you why next. Blackhawks Live is back. We got Lucas Reichel coming around after the 7.30 news. 7.20 WGN. The Blackhawks season begins tomorrow night. 7 o'clock puck drop. 6.30 pregame show right here on 720 WGN, but Blackhawks Live begins tonight. He's Jack Heinrich, our producer. I'm Joe Brand. We're going to be doing this every week. We'll try every Monday if there's a Blackhawks game or a Northwestern game. Or do the Bears have any more Monday night football games? I'm not quite sure. Yeah, they got one okay. coming up. If, if there's another Monday night football game for the Bears, and uh, we won't get into Bears talk because we don't have enough time today, um, we might get pushed to a Tuesday or a Wednesday, but for the most part, we're on every Monday night. If you miss it, we podcast it. Jack, me, the WGN Radio account, we'll tweet it out, Facebook it out, WGNRadio.com. It's all there for you. If you can't find it, you're not looking hard enough. Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane are not on this team anymore, and the Blackhawks don't have a captain. They made that clear even before preseason, and... 
I, I've podcasted this before, too. I'm in full agreement of No Captain. It does a couple of things. The main one, it honors Jonathan Taves' time as the captain for the Chicago Blackhawks, is probably the best captain ever in the Blackhawks organization. I don't think I'm going on a limb by saying that. But it also sets up the future a little bit more efficiently and a little bit more positively. Seth Jones, Connor Murphy were both guys that were looked at at being captains. They had the A on their sweater last year. They are wearing the A again this year. So is Nick Foligno, and so is Corey Perry. And if you're just tuned in, yeah, the Blackhawks have Corey Perry. And yeah, he's already won the hearts of a few Blackhawks fans. I shouldn't say a few. I'd say a lot. A couple of preseason moves where he defended Martin Misiak. Just constantly is defending his teammates. That's that veteran presence, that hard-fought effort that the Blackhawks need to support these young players. So Luke Richardson formally announced it today that those four players are going to be wearing the A. And, of course, there's the speculation that the next captain will be Connor Bedard. It probably will be. Because he's already doing leadership-type things. I really liked Connor Bedard's quote earlier today. He mentioned that you know, he's 18 years old. I'm not going to be standing up and giving speeches to this team because nobody really wants that. So for me, it's just an opportunity to lean by example. But if we look at it, next year, Connor Bedard is going to be 19 years old. That's how old Jonathan Taves was when he took over the C for the Blackhawks. And if you're one of those people that are still thinking, well, why can't Taves, why can't Kane be on this Blackhawks team? Why can't they hand down the transition to Connor Bedard? Here's what Jason Dickinson had to say about the difference from last year and this year with Taves and Kane not being in the dressing room anymore. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to be a little bit starstruck with guys like Kane and Taves. Future Hall of Famers, they've done some amazing things here. So not that we don't have amazing players. You know, Corey and Nick uh, are are both veterans that have done a lot in the league. But um, there's a certain aura and expectation around guys that have been around the same organization for that long. You know, Pears, I'm sure it was very uh, similar for him when he was in Anaheim still, that guys are probably a little intimidated or you know this this guy's been a big deal with this organization for a long time um he has a lot of pull here so i think it's a little bit more fluid now where everybody's got a voice everybody's feeling like they don't need to walk on eggshells and not that they made the atmosphere feel like that but it it was just an inherent thing that you know you just feel like you you owe them something uh you owe them a lot of respect did you feel that coming in last year? I, I know it's a different role for you, a different situation for you, but when you first came here, did you feel that? Um, definitely at first. I yeah. was feeling things out. I wanted to observe more than I wanted to step on any toes, which is probably what it comes down to, is stepping on toes. You know, you want to find your place and not uh, overreach and offend guys and make it feel like you're undermining their leadership, you know? So it, it, it's a tough line to walk sometimes, especially for younger guys that uh, have had leadership qualities everywhere they've gone to try to put it in the back of their mind. Jason Dickinson used the word aura with Taves and Kane being in the dressing room and saying that the younger players were walking on eggshells. I, I don't think that should be thought of as an exaggerated statement. Obviously, a team is better with guys like Taves and Kane on the roster. I'm not here to argue that. I'm, I'm not even here to argue that it is set in stone that this team is better off without them there. 
Because who knows? Maybe maybe Kane's exactly the guy that Connor Bedard needs. But what if Connor Bedard doesn't need anybody? What if he needs the room? And I mean, like the actual physical space, not not a a cubed place. What if he needs the room to find his own leadership voice and pull a little bit from Seth Jones and Connor Murphy and Nick Foligno and Taylor Hall and Corey Perry instead of just saying, well, this is how Kane did it. This is how Taves did it. So I need to be the next guy. He can still be the next guy in a different way. And for the record, Alex Vlasic, we don't have enough time to play the sound, basically said he feels more comfortable being vocal now with those guys gone. There's still leadership in that room, but they've come from different areas. So again, we'll never know if that is the 100% right move, but it is already starting to seem like it was the right move by Kyle Davidson. We're going to go to the WGN Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Kevin Wells, our buddy, has your news next. After that, Lucas Reichel. Don't go anywhere. 720 WGN. Welcome back to this year's first edition of Blackhawks Live. We're talking with Lucas Reichel here on 720 WGN. Lucas, what do you weigh right now? Um, my weight is 188, 189. I was up and down. With the games, it's, you know, it usually go down a little bit, but yeah, 188. Are you checking that every day? Yeah. First thing in the morning? Uh, no, I always do it like after practice. Yeah. I know that was a big plan of your off season. What'd you learn about yourself and what'd you learn about your body doing all that? Um, yeah, I mean, when I had uh, the shoulder, I had AC sprain in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, I, you get to know your body a little bit more. Yeah, I worked, I have like a new strength coach and he's really smart. And we did like different drills, what I never did before. And like working on upper body, getting stronger. And uh, yeah, you learn a lot with that. You were kind of forcing yourself to eat like a couple extra meals here and there? Yeah, I, I was eating a lot. Like I was, it was tough sometimes. Like I was, like I couldn't eat anymore. But uh, it definitely helped me getting stronger and uh, put some weight on. And uh, right now I feel like good on the ice too, conditioning wise. Uh, I feel I feel good. I feel 100 percent because that's like the thing. If you put up weight, you don't feel like sometimes you feel like too like fat on the ice. Yeah. You can't move, but. Uh, um, yeah, I think we did a good job there um, in the summer. What's one of the more enjoyable things that you got to eat over the summer that helped you gain weight? Um, yeah, lots of chicken or fries, potatoes, you know, like broccoli, like healthy stuff. Uh, but we, my mom, she tried to mix it up a little bit, like uh, some pasta with chicken, uh, different stuff. So it wasn't always the same thing, like eating every day. It was, we switched it up a little bit and it was better, yeah. Anything you can't eat anymore because of the strict regimen? Um, no, I just, I don't know, it depends. I don't like, uh, I like sauce a little bit, you know, putting Salsa? like sauce. Oh, just sauce, yeah. Yeah, like, doesn't matter. I don't like, like, dry food, but uh, it's not that healthy, but, I mean, still, like, uh, yeah, not bad for you. I got to ask, because you're 21 now, you into any German beers at all? I mean, in Germany, we can drink True. <laughs> beer of 16, <laughs> so it's a little different. Right. Uh, uh, I have, yeah, of course, I tried beer. I mean, in Germany, it's like, uh, yeah, I feel like you have, not like have to drink beer, but it's kind of like, 
yeah, you got to try it at least. Yeah. Do you enjoy the taste of it though? I love it. Yeah, yeah. but I don't. I'm more like a. I like the German beer here. It's like, you know, coarse light, Bud Light, or whatever. It's. I like Stella. Is not bad, but definitely German beer is my favorite. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Yeah, not not too high class. You're you're cool with a Coors Light or a Bud Light, huh? Uh, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I don't like it. Yeah. Oh, you don't like? No, it. I okay. don't like it. I like Stella's the, okay. Stella's okay. Bud Light. All right. I mean, I'm not saying I'm drinking every day, but no. uh, right, right. Um, if I drink Stella, yeah, Stella here, I would say. Growing up, obviously, hockey, a big part of your life and your whole family's life. Tell me a little bit about it, though, when you were a young kid. Like, how often were you at the rink? And what, what did you do other than hockey? Um, yeah, I mean, we played my dad, like, when I was, like, 10, 12. When I was younger, growing up, my dad was coaching me. He was, like, assistant coach, and uh, it was a lot. Like, we talked a lot about hockey. My brother played hockey, cousin, uncle, my dad, so... It was all about hockey, and uh, I feel like it got like I learned so much things. Like we watched a lot of hockey together, and uh, um, yeah. Other than hockey, I would say like just hang out with the, with my friends, you know, from school or from the team, uh, going for lunch or dinner, and or yeah, doing something. In the summer, you have more options to do. Any video games? Uh, I used to play a lot, but. Uh, try to stay off a little bit because I don't know like feel like uh, you have better you have better stuff to do yeah. you know especially in the summer I want to see my uh, friends doing like going at the beach or something you know going for uh, for a swim or barbecue or whatever so you have better like it's more fun than sitting at home playing video games you're a big tennis guy though too when did you pick that up um, my dad played tennis growing up, but uh, honestly, this summer I was not playing at all, actually. Yeah. So normally, usually I play every summer. It's good for conditioning, too. Uh, you got to run a lot. So, uh, But this summer I didn't play because, I don't know, my friends didn't like it. <laughs> no, you couldn't get any of your friends to no, play with you? I asked them, but they, they didn't want it. Who uh, Who's some of the better competition in tennis that you've had? Uh, I would say always against my brother. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we always, like, you know, had, like, competition together. Like, he was bigger, stronger, like, growing up. He was, he's three, year old, three years older than me. And whatever it was, soccer, tennis, ping pong, like, we always had competition, you know. And uh, he, he won most of the times. And I hated it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that makes me maybe, uh, you know, like... Comp- Competition-wise, yeah. you know, yeah. Well, it happens to all of us, though, and, and you want to beat your brother, but yeah, of course. Do you, do you want to take him now that you're a bigger guy? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can try I, now. Uh, it might be a different game now because he, we're just like I, I got older, and uh, yeah. How much are you enjoying this new version of yourself out on the ice? I mean, bigger, stronger, and it's clearly paying off, and it, it's working out there. How, how much are you enjoying this? Um, yeah, I mean, it's like part of the work you put in. You always like try to find, you know, what you can improve and uh, what kind of things you can improve on. And it was like a huge part, getting stronger and uh, don't lose like my skating ability. And like I said, I feel good in the ice. And uh, yeah. 
I feel like there's a big difference when, I mean, you get drafted, you get your first game, you get your first goal. Now it's your job. You're here every day. You're, you're doing the thing. You're here being a hockey player. What's that been like for you? I love it. I mean, that's like a dream come true. I'm basically living my dream. You know, like growing up, I feel like every hockey player wants to play in the best league. And uh, yeah, it's like I said, living the dream. Take me back to the game against the Blackhawks when you were playing for Ice Baron. What do you remember from that? Um, I remember our first shift. I got absolutely buried by <laughs> I don't know who it was, but it was like a good wake-up call, and then I was buzzing after. But, uh, yeah, first shift was a tough one. Did, did it almost make you think, like, wow, this is a lot tougher than I thought? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's still, like, bigger ice, so uh, yeah, it's definitely, like, in a smaller area. Uh, it's it's harder, but um, yeah, it was first shift. Like I said, it was tough, but then uh, I think it was four two game at the end, so it was pretty close actually. And we played a good game. It was fun, you know, playing against like Taves or Kaner and uh, all those guys. And uh, yeah, it was a fun experience. Did you have any communication with the Hawks from then until the draft? Because I, I you were kind of a Hawks fan, right? Yeah, I was. Like I like. Uh, Watching the Hawks growing up uh, was always like my favorite team. But uh, yeah, I, I had like one meeting like on Zoom because of COVID. Um, like just one meeting, it was like a 30 minutes meeting, and uh, just like they asked me a couple questions and about hockey and stuff. So kind of like what every team does before the draft. So it, it went good, but I didn't. You know, before the draft, I didn't know where I'm going, and uh, yeah, especially not Chicago. But it was pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Uh, when once I heard my name and uh, I got picked from the Hawks, it was like, yeah, like one of the best, um, yeah, feelings in my life, and couldn't be happier. Finishing up with Lucas Reichel here on Blackhawks Live. Obviously a dream come true for you to be drafted by Chicago, this being your job. But what about when you see kids wearing your jersey? I mean, what's the first thing you think of? I think, yeah, it's it's really cool. I think, uh, you know, it, I used to, when I was small, like a little kid, uh, um, you always look up to someone and that you, you know, like, you like his game or, I don't know, like his style of game and, it's uh, nice to, you know, like getting kids playing hockey and, um, you know, like having fun at the game and, um, you know, everyone can make it. So uh, it's just like uh, f- at first it's a dream, but uh, if you work hard enough. So it's like nice to see kids uh, having a tr- my jersey. Is it still like surreal at any point? Do you have to give yourself a little bit of a reality check? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Especially in my first couple games. Um, yeah, you, you play at the United Center, you hear the national anthem, and uh, yeah, you, not, you see it's buzzing. And uh, yeah, not right now, you feel like, you know, it's like your home right now. Yeah. So uh, you get more, it's, it's still special, but uh, you get used to it a little, a little bit, yeah. Lucas, thank you very much. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much. That's Lucas Reichel with more Blackhawks Live 720 WGN. Another big thanks to Lucas Reichel. For taking some time after practice the other day, sit down with us and chat. Big thanks to the Blackhawks for making that happen as well. We hope to have a guest every single week 
Again, this is Blackhawks Live, our final segment here tonight on our first show of Blackhawks Live, 720 WGN. It's good to be back. Good to have hockey season back. Should be a very fun year. Again, I I don't think that this team is going to have playoff aspirations, but day-to-day, it's going to be a fun team to cover. It's going to be fun to see Connor Bedard. It's going to be fun to see guys like Nick Foligno. That guy has really just taken a liking to pretty much everybody in the dressing room. If you haven't heard, he invited Connor Bedard to dinner one day, and uh, I guess Felino's kids just kind of handed Connor Bedard mini sticks right when he walked in the door, and they wouldn't let him go. Isaac Phillips got to go to a Felino dinner, too. Um, Taylor Hall, who came over in that deal with Nick Felino, just became a dad. Congratulations to he and his wife, Rachel. Um a dad just the other day, and now Hall's got to get on the plane and go on this two-week road trip to begin the year. That's another thing. The first five games for the Hawks are all on the road. Tomorrow night in Pittsburgh, season opener. Wednesday night in Boston, home opener. Saturday night in Montreal, hockey night in Canada. I believe Monday night is Toronto's home opener as well. And then the following Thursday, not a home opener, but still a game in Colorado, which is never easy. And then, oh yeah, the Blackhawks home opener against the reigning Stanley Cup champs against the Vegas Golden Knights, Saturday, October 21st at 7 o'clock. So quite a schedule to kick off the year. Welcome to the show, kid. Connor Bedard taking on Pittsburgh, Boston, Montreal, Toronto, Colorado, Vegas. But it should be a lot of fun. I've been liking the line configuration so far. Top line being of Bedard, Hall, and Ryan Donato. We really haven't talked much about Ryan Donato, but I think that's going to be a very interesting and good complimentary piece for the Hawks, especially on that top line. Hall has already raved about Ryan Donato, how good of a guy he is offensively, just always finding the right move, the right pass. Tony Granato, who's now part of the Blackhawks coverage over on the TV side of things, coached Ryan Donato for Team USA, couldn't have enough good things to say about him off the ice, let alone on the ice. But of course it's going to be the other lines. I was talking with Chris Bowden and Troy and a few other people during a practice one day about just how the depth, the offensive depth for this team heading into this year is so different. Hall, Bedard, and Donato on the top line. Granted, none of those guys were on this team last year. That Reichel line has been fluctuated because Philip Kurashev is currently unavailable. He's dealing with a wrist injury. He's going to start the year on IR, so he's not going to start the year with the Hawks. Originally, it was Reichel, Kurashev, and Athanasiu. Now it's kind of been more of Tyler Johnson, Reichel, and Taylor Radish. And I should say, Reichel's... Expected to be more of a center this year. The Hawks are looking to make that transition for him. And then you've got Jason Dickinson centering a line of Corey Perry and Nick Foligno. Those are the top three lines for the Hawks. Think about how how different that is from last year. That's why there was a lot of stress on guys like Mackenzie Entwistle, Boris Kachuk, Reese Johnson. Where do they fit in in this lineup? Joey Anderson didn't make the cut, unfortunately. Think about all the great things he did on that fourth line last year, finding that role. But that's just the different situation the Hawks were last year compared to this year. So that's a reason 
to be more excited about it. I'm interested to see what types of strides Alex Vlasic will make. And actually, let's finish up on the goaltending. Because it's going to be Peter Mrazek tomorrow against Pittsburgh. It's going to be Arvid Sutterbloom on Wednesday against Boston. I think Sutterbloom has looked great in the preseason. He looked great last year in the short stint that we saw him. But granted, his short stint was actually a lot longer than we thought it would be. There were just so many injuries in the goaltending department last year that they had to keep pulling guys up, whether it was Sutterbloom or Stauber or Mitchell Weeks in one instance. But I like how the goaltending situation is situated right now for the Hawks because you can rely on Peter Mrazek to do the heavy lifting. You can give Arvid Sutterbloom a good, consistent run of NHL goaltending. And then down in Rockford... There's Jackson Stauber. The Blackhawks have Drew Camesso in their goaltending depth. I know they've got a lot of high praises on him, as they should. So that does set them up pretty well for these next coming years. It's great to be back. Big thanks to the Blackhawks. Big thanks to Lucas Reichel. Big thanks to Ernie Scatton. And, of course, our biggest thanks to our producer, Jack Heinrich. The next broadcast, tomorrow night, opening night, pregame show at 6.30. Puck drop with John and Troy at 7 o'clock right here on 720. WGN will have the news after the break. After that, it's John Landecker. Great to be back, Chicago. Talk to you tomorrow night.